Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Finsider Radio. My name is Matt Canada, joined by Joshua Houts. And QB1 has entered the 2020 NFL Draft. Tua Tungavailoa, the Alabama Crimson Tide quarterback, officially declared for the 2020 NFL Draft on Monday, January 6th, 2020, just shortly after 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. Nankin, Alabama, for his time there, for their support thanking coach Nick Saban, thanking his family, and then making that announcement that he will be declaring and he will be entering the draft. And now all eyes are on quarterback needy teams, such as the Miami Dolphins. And this show, with just me and Houts, as you remember, Sutton is no longer with Finside Radio. He has taken a leave, let's say. Uh, a permanent leave probably is a better term, where he is going to be focusing with his family and, and Pro Football Network. And it is just me and Josh for the time being. So this show is going to be focusing all about Tua Tungavailoa. And how's your reaction? I think all Dolphins fans are pretty damn excited. But let's pump the brakes a little bit, right? We have a long way to go. And there's no guarantee the Dolphins are going to select Tua to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think we're all ecstatic because, you know, the opportunity has now presented itself. No one really knew if Tua was going to go back to school, you know, come out and declare himself for the NFL draft. 
today it has become official. So now if the Miami Dolphins, if he truly was that guy that, you know, they seeked out for at the beginning of the year, they traded away a Laramie Tunsil because the offer was too good. You know, they, they got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick because he wasn't buying in and they got another first round pick. They loaded up on the draft capital. They, you know, we all sat here and we talked about the tank for Tua and, you know, tank of Iloa or whatever it was. Everyone kind of thought that that was the guy that they were going in there to get to, to tank for. I mean, Jadavian Clowney didn't want to come to Miami because he said he didn't want to be part of a team that was tanking for a quarterback. So if all reports, and I know of Rich Eisen, I think two years ago he said that he heard at the draft the Dolphins were enamored by Tua. If he is their guy, they have all the draft capital in the world. Now is the time. Tua is available. Now the Dolphins just got to find a way to get him because, like you mentioned, there are going to be teams that if they want a quarterback, you know, maybe the Chargers or even the Lions if they want one, you know, even later in the draft, if a team sees Tua and can get him, uh, draft him and give him that kind of stability to sit out in 2020, because I think we all have to look at it as this. I don't think he's going to play next year. And we brought back Ryan Fitzpatrick. We brought in Shan Gailey. I mean, what better way for Tua to recover you build up everything in free agency in the draft with all that those draft picks, and in 2021 he's healthy. You bring him in here, but again, I, I mean, none of us truly know if he was the ultimate plan. But if he was, the the dominoes are beginning to fall for the Miami Dolphins to get to a ton of Valoa. And personally, I'm happy as hell. Yeah, I mean, I said on this show I think last week and a few weeks back, and I had put a Twitter thread together several weeks ago saying that Tua Tunga. Oh my God, I can't even talk. Tua Tungavailoa was not perhaps their target, and they were targeting, you know, to build the trenches and such. And then I was immediately told right after by a very good source, actually the source that told me about Brian Flores before really anybody else had it, besides Adam Beasley of the Miami Herald, that the plan has been Tua, the plan will be Tua, and you'd be surprised if the plan was not Tua come draft night. So I still believe that that is the plan. I, I do think the medicals will check out. If you've been following Pro Football Network, you would have seen our uh, draft analyst and insider, Tony Pauline, note that for the past several weeks, that Tonga Vailoa was in deep discussions with agents. All signs were pointing to him entering the 2020 NFL draft. But there is that one final benchmark, that last checkup this past Friday, where really that was going to help decide and put him over the top of whether he was going to declare or return to school. If it was a negative report, chances are that he would have went back to Alabama, rehabbed as much as possible under doctors and trainers who understood the injury and then try to rehabilitate, get back on the field and increase his draft stock. However, the appointment went much better than expected. You saw him at the press conference walking without any crutches. And I do firmly believe that his hip will check out. And even if it doesn't, let's just look at past history, right? Let's look at Jalen Smith, of the Dallas Cowboys. They said he may never be able to play football again. There was no guarantee that his nerves and his leg and his knee would regenerate enough for him to be able to play football at a high level. However, the Dallas Cowboys selected him towards the top of the second round. That's a linebacker, okay? That's a, a priority position, but it's not a premium position like a cornerback, like an edge rusher, like a left tackle, like a quarterback. You get a guy who could play football again, but may not be at the elite level that he was in college. There's no way this guy is not going in the first round. And I do believe when it is all said and done that he will go in the top five and if not, at the very, very least, the top 10. 
think about it. You have quarterback-starved teams. You have general managers trying to find that franchise quarterback. You have coaches who may be trying to buy some extra time or understand that in two to three years they need to really get out a product that's going to help save their job. Yes, like you said, Outs, he's probably not going to play much in 2020. And if a team was smart, they wouldn't even put him on the field in 2020. They talk about sitting quarterbacks that first year, regardless, even if they're healthy, as that they think that's the best way to really get them up to speed with the game. And it just makes way too much sense for Tunga Vailoa to sit on the sidelines, to stay on the sidelines and watch and learn. But going back to my original point, you have in that uh, in the 2020 NFL draft order, you have teams, the Dolphins, you have the Chargers, you have the Panthers, you perhaps have the Jaguars, you have the Raiders, you have the Colts, maybe the Buccaneers. You have then, let's see, you have seven teams. And the Patriots, you can even make a case for as well. You have seven to eight teams who need a quarterback in this year's draft. Now, Chargers are right behind Miami. Carolina's right behind the Chargers. Jacksonville's right behind Arizona, which is one after the Panthers. Don't tell me that there's no way they could trade up as well. They certainly could. And if they are very comfortable with Tua's hip, or if they're very comfortable with sitting him for a year behind one of their veterans, there's no reason for them not to make that move to jump up to number three or perhaps number two, which is even crazier. Let's talk about these scenarios, House, where the Dolphins could possibly lose out on the chance to select Tua Tungavailoa. I just love saying his name. It just kind of flows off the, off the tongue, like Tungavailoa off it, the it's, tongue. It's beautiful, and I think it's cute. all Dolphin fans, if they draft Tua Tungavailoa, they're going to be wearing that jersey proudly. And no one knows what oh, number absolutely. he's going to pick. You know, 13's retired. They said he likes 11. That's Devontae Parker, wide receiver one. So we don't know what number two is going to wear. But what we do know is, like you said, there are some teams that absolutely could use a quarterback. To me, though, the biggest deciding factor not only is Brian Flores' relationship with Matt Patricia, if someone wants to move up with Detroit, but the fact is the Miami Dolphins have, I believe, 14, maybe 15 draft picks this coming uh, offseason. If a team is smart, and there's no reason why they would not do this because this is what an NFL general manager would do, if a team calls up and they offer him X amount for you know the third pick or, or even the second pick, the first thing they should then do is pick up that phone and call the Miami Dolphins and say, look, this is what we're being offered. Can you match this? And we know the Miami Dolphins have set themselves up. Again, it all comes down to his hip. It all comes down to whether or not he was that guy all along. But I do believe in my heart of hearts, and you know it's hard because you're a Dolphins fan. You know you saw him pass on Brady Quinn. You saw him pass on Drew Brees twice. <laughs> you saw him pass on, on name every quarterback, you know, for the last 20 years. So just think, sit here and think, you know, at the beginning of the year we were tanking for Tua. They needed to have a top three pick to get Tua. They ended up winning games, and everyone was upset about that. And then he suffered a season-ending hip injury, a hip injury that, you know, many people thought maybe – he will never be the same. And you touched on a little bit earlier in the show. Tua might not ever be the same. He probably won't ever be the same. But Tua Tungvaluwa at 75% is still better than most quarterbacks that have come out in many years. So for me, I think it's a no-brainer. I do think that those teams that you mentioned, the Chargers, you know, the Raiders, you know, the Patriots perhaps, you know, whoever it might be could trade up there. But I do think the Dolphins have the ammunition. If it's Detroit, Matt Patricia, Brian Flores, they have that relationship. The biggest thing here, though, is like you said, a couple weeks ago or even a few days ago, it seemed like Tua was going back to, to school. A lot of people truly believe that. 
that picture of the Citrus Bowl. You know, Alabama was playing Michigan. Yes, Stephen Ross is a Michigan booster. But you can't tell me that picture wasn't worth a thousand words where you saw him talking to Steve Sarkeesian on the sideline, Chris Greer, Tom Garfinkel, Stephen Ross. Tua was in the background. Everyone knew exactly what the Miami Dolphins were doing when they were there. Uh Uh, They were saying, Tua, if you come out, if you make that decision, we are going to make you a top five pick. I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it because if he truly was the target all along, it is lining up perfectly for the Miami Dolphins to make that happen. The biggest hurdle, like you said, aside from the hip injury, is going to be blocking one of those other teams to move up and take him. But for me, they have all the ammunition in the world. People are scared. You know, oh, they won meaningless games. I didn't want them to win meaningless games. Now they have to give up draft ammunition. Who cares? You know, they traded Laramie Tunsil because not only was he off for good, but they got all those draft picks. You know, they traded Mika Fitzpatrick because not only did him and his mother not want to be in Miami, they got more draft ammunition. They have so many draft picks that they can do whatever they want. The first thing I would offer if you're trading up, Offer that 2021 Houston Texans first-round pick. I mean, look at where it's going to be this year. I mean, the Texans are pretty damn good. It's going to be, you know, one of the bottom six, bottom eight picks in in 2020. They're going to probably be better in 2021, whatever you think about Bill O'Brien. That would be my starting point. I know the draft chart, you know, it's ancient. It it was, I think, you know, created back when Jesus roamed the earth. The the thing says you can give up the 39th pick, uh, which is a second-rounder. I don't know about you, but I remember back when RG3 was drafted, Washington Redskins gave up three first-round draft picks to move up four spots. I was in attendance when Mitch Trubisky got drafted by the Chicago Bears, and they moved up one spot. I mean, I don't think the second-round pick is—I don't think a second-round pick is going to make that happen. I mean, maybe, maybe Matt Patricia gives him a deal. You know, I don't know, but for me, I would start with that Houston Texans 2021 draft pick because it's going to be late and. It, it was pretty much a throw-in for Laramie Tunsil, who at this point, I mean, they probably would have taken a first and a second round pick for Laramie Tunsil based on the way he's playing. You hit it spot on, right? If I'm Chris Greer, and I'm sure he may have already told the teams in front of him, if you get an offer, call me up because we will match it. We will do better than it. And I posted this on Twitter a few weeks back, and I got a lot of hell for it. And people were saying, well, why would Chris Greer do that? Because teams are just going to fleece him. That's not how the NFL works. That's not how general managers work. General managers all have to work with each other. They all have to, you know, work within their own little bubble. And chances are they're going to be working with that other general manager at some point in their career. If not that general manager, then people in that front office that they're working with, that they're working on trades with at some point. The NFL is a – obviously everyone knows it's a crazy business, and people jump from team to team all the time. So it's not where general managers try to fleece. It's not how it works. Yes, they'll try to negotiate. They'll try to leverage by using specific language. But they're not going to go out there and say, oh, I have three first-round picks on the table from such and such team. Can you match that? That's not how it works. They might say that we have a really strong offer from another team. What can you give us? You know, it's just like you go in for a job interview and they offer you the job and you don't want to be the first one to name that salary that you want because then that sets the floor and the ceiling for, for yourself. Let the other person make that offer first and you just enter a typical negotiation, but it's not like they're just making up lies. So it's perfectly fine for Chris Greer to call people up this week or next week or whenever and say, listen, call me up. If you get an offer, we will do better than whatever they offer you. Now, the Bengals are locked in at one, right? I mean, we don't think there's any way that they trade out of that one spot because they're locked in on Joe Burrow from all reports that we're hearing. 
The question becomes at number two with the Washington Redskins. What if they don't like Chase Young as much as everyone else? Right? What if they say, I know they're working on getting Trent Williams back, but what if they don't? And what if they say, we like Andrew Thomas better and we like Jeffrey Okudu just as much? And as a matter of fact, we love Derek Brown. That gives them three possible choices. And that opens up the number two slot for them to get a bounty of picks to move down a few slots to the Dolphins slot or the Chargers slot. Let's just play that out in our heads. Cincinnati Bengals select Joe Burrow number one. The Washington Redskins trade out. Let's say the number five to Miami. Miami picks Tua at number two. Then you have the Lions, who will pick Okuda. They will pick probably Derek Brown or Chase Young. Let's say they take Chase Young. Then you got the Giants on the clock, who will probably take Andrew Thomas. And then you got the Redskins, who will end up with Okuda from Ohio State. They still get an elite talent at a premium position. I think, listen. Chase Young is not a generational talent. People say he is, but generational talents can do everything. He needs to improve his run defense before he becomes a generational talent. So everyone's talking about, oh, Chase Young is the best player in the draft. Well, I think he is. I don't think it's as cut and dry as Twitter's making it out to be. And we all know how wrong Twitter is most of the time. So I do think that number two pick is certainly in play. Because I could see Ron Rivera saying we need to restart this franchise and load up on picks and you know set ourselves up nicely for the future. So with that said, you know, I think the Dolphins really need to consider talking to the Redskins, talking to the Lions as soon as the New Year League opens. Now obviously they're gonna talk to them beforehand to get everything set, but if I'm the Dolphins, I'm making a trade before the draft. And worst-case scenario, you end up with a guy like Chase Young or Okuda. I think that's just the way to go. Get your ducks lined up now so you're not scrambling on draft night and you're not getting an owner in the draft room and someone else's draft room getting impatient and wanting a certain guy all of a sudden or giving enough time for general managers to think and to plot out strategies do what the Jets did, you know, when they selected Sam Darnold. Move up early in the process, get your positioning, and then move from there. But then that wild card is that two spot with the Redskins. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. 
Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I love that idea, and I'm no scientist, but I have not looked back in, you know, the history of the NFL draft and figured out, you know, what teams, what, what they gave up, you know, to move up draft night and pre-draft night. But we saw, you know, the, the draft that sticks out in my head is when the Rams traded up for Jared Goff and then the Eagles traded up, you know, they moved up to Miami at first, then they moved back up for Carson Wentz. I mean, that's the draft that sticks up in my stands out in my mind. And those teams moved up, you know, early. It was, it was nowhere near draft night. It was months in advance, if I'm not mistaken, or at least a month in advance. The one thing I would dispute is, you know, you said Chase Young is a generational talent. I do think he might be, I do think he needs to get better against the run. And I don't think he's a Nick Bosa, like some people are, are ready to claim he is, but I do think yeah, Chase Young is an elite pass rusher, but you mentioned it. I mean, the most, the biggest deciding factor to me, or maybe it's the most odd thing to me, is that the Washington Redskins, I do believe their reports came out that they're going to keep their GM until after the draft, and that to me just doesn't yeah. make sense. I know Dan Snyder kind of, you know, wheels and deals and kind of makes those decisions. I mean, I think some people are sitting there saying, you know, what if they move on from quarterback? If they move on from Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins looked pretty damn good before he got hurt. You know, on. they keep saying, what if the Giants move on from Daniel Jones? He looked pretty decent this year, and I, I do think he was. Uh, I believe Gettleman made that that decision there. I, I'm really not sure, but I think whoever made that decision with New York is still in place. I don't see them moving on either. So it comes down to Detroit. Everyone says maybe they move on from, from Matt Stafford. I think the owner came out and said they are in win now. They, she wants to see them win now. I think bringing in Tua and his hip is, you know, the uncertainty surrounding that. I don't think that that would be wise. What we need to remember, though, is a lot of this is still a wild card until, what is it, March or April when he gets that final check-in with the doctor. I can't really remember what could surface there that could pretty much, you know, say, you are going to be good to play football or you might never be the same. But I do know that there was an important decision that will come uh, about a month before the draft. To me, though, I think you're you're in the right mindset. I mean, why wait till draft night when the draft capital is going to be higher? Why wait until, you know, he clears that medical hurdle and Team C, okay, this dude, yeah, he was – I mean, he – until Joe Burrow had an out-of-this-world season, Tua Tungvaloa was quarterback one. I still think he is. You said at the top of the show he was quarterback one. Many people still think he is quarterback one. I mean, this is probably one of the better passers to come out in many years. Why sit there and wait for him to clear that hurdle where they say, okay, you're going to be you're going to be good. Like, the hip's not going to be a problem. You could even play this year and wait for those teams in the back half of the draft. You know, maybe the Chargers or, or you know, you said Tampa Bay or even the New England Patriots. You know, Tom Brady – doesn't have a contract, you know, who's to say they don't maybe sign Tom Brady to a, a, you know, whatever, whatever market value is for him. He has familiarity with Pat, Matt Patricia. I mean, this is something I was just playing in my head and it's completely ridiculous, but what if they were to trade Tom Brady to, to the Detroit lions, you know, Matt Stafford goes elsewhere and, and then the new England Patriots take freaking to a tongue of a little right before the Dolphins <laughs> eyes. That is what hell is like. It's not going to happen, but that is just, you know, your mindset as a Dolphins fan. For me, I think you make that deal as soon as the league year, you know, become as soon as it becomes available or as soon as it comes in, the opportunity presents itself, you make that deal. Because like you said, uh, you know, the draft, the, the capital is going to cost more on draft night. Owners are then in, in the war room. Things change frequently. And, you know, who's to say that they don't say, okay, Tua's there. Why don't we just take him and then decide later what we right. do with the veteran? I, I think they need to make – 
they, they need to make the right moves to assure themselves they're going to get Tua Tungavailoa again if he was the quarterback that they coveted all along. The emotions on draft night cannot be explained. And we've never been in a war room, but we know enough and we talk to people enough around the league to understand that it's not all cut and dry of what you think is really happening. Emotions get the best of people in that draft room. We've heard stories about Stephen Ross imploring his uh, you know, front office to really consider things while they were on the clock or right before they were on the clock. And there's been stare downs in that draft room of who to select. So you never know how it's going to shake out. You might get the Lions there at three on draft night. And with all that time to think about everything, their ownership or even Bob Quinn, their general manager, can say, listen, and make a case to their ownership. Let's take two of Tagovailoa by themselves a year or two, and then all hell breaks loose. Get that deal done early. Worst case scenario, like I said, if his hip does not check out, you still get an elite talent at a premium position. You could take Andrew Thomas. You can take Jeffrey Okuda. You could take a Derek Brown there. It's not like you're getting a terrible player. Yes, you might lose that other first-round pick, but I think it's worth hedging your bets to make it happen. That's just my opinion on that one. I would make that trade. Obviously, set the framework up now. Set the framework up at the senior bowl. Continue to set it up at the combine and then execute it as soon as that new year league opens. Get it done. Get it out of the way. And just pray to God. But make sure you talk to the Redskins beforehand. But pray to God, you know, if you don't trade up to two, that the Redskins don't decide to be foolish and trade that away to somebody else. Because then the Dolphins would have to move up again and give up more draft capital. Yeah, and the biggest thing here is if, if Tua is that guy, you go out there and you do whatever you can to make it happen. Because I'd rather be the team that takes a chance on Tua, a team that has three first-round picks this year, two next year. I'd rather be the Dolphins, you know for the first time in, what, 20-some years, taking a chance on a player that has the potential to be an elite talent than to pass on him and watch him go elsewhere and, you know, light the world on fire. We've seen that way too many times. You know, this is a guy, I mean, this is the first time, and you mentioned Twitter, you you can go on Facebook, you can go on Reddit, you can go on whatever social media there is, and, you know, some are a little uncertain on Tua, but for the most part, this entire fan base, for the first time, and for as long as I can remember, is unionized in one and believes that Tua Tungvaluwa should be that pick. I, I think it just makes too much sense, and again, it's all going to come down to whether he checks out medically. It has to be a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of a concern because we remember X amount of years ago when the Dolphins took Dante Culpepper over Drew Brees. <laughs> Thankfully, I don't think those doctors and physicians are still in house, but the Dolphins need to realize that this is a guy that he's an elite talent, and I think even at 75%, as long as that hip checks out and he's going to be able to play football again in his career, they have to make that decision because they brought in Chan Gailey. They have Ryan Fitzpatrick, the perfect veteran to groom Tua. You draft Tua, you know, you put him on IR for the entire year. You already invested a second-round pick in Josh Rosen. You know, you have Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen for the entire 2020 season. You bring in Tua next year when everything seems to be, you hope, an offensive line's there. You know, the defense, the defense is better. You know, those weapons around you got a running back for once. You know, there's going to be so much there's going to be so much turnover this offseason between free agency, the $120 million, and all those draft picks that I think it would be so wise for the Dolphins to use one of those first-round picks. Like you said, even if you have to trade up before, before the, the draft, even if you trade up immediately as a new year starts, make that pick. Draft Tua. Don't rush him back. 
You're not. I mean, who's going to sit here and say the Dolphins are repeating in 2020? Not a single freaking person in their right mind should be thinking that the Dolphins are going to make the playoffs next year. <laughs> we saw them win yeah. five games this year, you know. So, so take a step back, do the right thing, let Tua re- rehabilitate this season, bring him back next year when the offensive line's intact, when all those weapons are surrounding him. And in 2021, who's to say if two is healthy that the Dolphins can't go out there and make the playoffs? They can't win a playoff game, and they can't be set up with a rookie contract, you know, to make some waves in the NFL. That is the that is the approach that I would take. I think you agree that that's the approach you would take. And do whatever it takes. Just don't overpay. I mean, we mentioned three draft picks that that Washington gave up three first round picks to move up four spots. I love Tua, but you look at the 2021 class. I don't know if I'm giving up three first round picks. I don't know how you feel about that, but I don't think I'd give up three first round draft picks. For Tua, you know, you give up a, the 2021 Houston pick, like I suggested. Maybe even give up Houston's 2020 this year instead, and maybe a later third or fourth pick. I don't think I'd give up three first-round picks as much as I love Tua with the history of his, you know, his ankle, his hip, whatever it might be. I don't know that I'd commit that much into it. I don't. I think that's. I mean, I don't think a, a good franchise would invest that many draft picks in a player that's coming off a significant injury. But for me, you know, if the if the price tag is right, and I don't think any. I don't think you know Detroit or Washington is going to ask for three first-round draft picks. That's absurd. I think the Dolphins can make a deal, and I think they will make a deal. And again, I think the entire fan base is going to be unionized. And for the first time, you know, the Dolphins will feel hopeful. They got their coach. You know, you kept talking about meaningless games. Some people on Twitter, you know, Dolphins won these meaningless games. Now they got to trade up. Who cares? They got their head coach. You know, you brought in a new offense coordinator. You got your veteran quarterback there that can hopefully groom Tua. It would be everything seemed to. Everything is starting to come to place, and I think that's what's making me feel uneasy because the Dolphins, you know, good things never happen to the Dolphins, and I think that's probably why I'm most skeptical that two will end up in Miami, but so many people think it's going to happen. You know, they have all the ammunition. I don't see anything that can prevent the Miami Dolphins from getting to a tongue of Iloa. I lost my train of thought, but I was going to say something important because everything I say is important, but... When you look at – okay, here's what I was going to say. If the Dolphins make that trade up, right, before the draft, you know absolutely for sure that they are targeting Tua Tungo-Vailoa. They're not going to trade up for Justin Herbert. They're not going to trade up for a guy like Andrew Thomas. They're not going to trade up for a guy like Derek Brown or Okuda. If they trade up, it's to secure Tua Tungo-Vailoa. And in that case, all the other teams know that as well. So – you better hope, again, that the Bengals decide to stay put, right? And then the Redskins decide to stay put if the Dolphins do move up to three. But, again, I, I think there's something fishy about that number two pick that I'm not really comfortable about. But, again, even if the Dolphins have to move up to three, right, and then the Chargers call the Redskins and say, let's trade, Chris Greer has to go to the Redskins and say, let's make a deal. That's the – that's the flip side, right, of making that trade early. You reveal your cards very early in the process. Now, now, just to play devil's advocate, do you think there's any way, you know, we see some mock drafts that have Jordan Love there. You know, the Dolphins did some due diligence on him. Yeah. You mentioned Justin Herbert. Everyone says he's an introvert, and, he, you know, he's not the, the right makeup of an NFL quarterback. I just can't help but think, you know, it's the Miami Dolphins, you know. It's a team that has hurt us for so many years. Who's to say that Tua's not sitting there in their grasp and they don't grab a Jordan Love or a Justin Herbert? We're all just there with that Brady Quinn face when they took Ted Ginn. And we're all just like, what the hell just happened? He was right there. And at that point, I mean, I, I continue to say, you know, we sit here and say Brian Flores is the right guy. You know, trust the process. 
Chris Greer has done nothing to really tell us that he can't get it done here in Miami. What if that were to happen? I mean, I I can't explain how I'd feel. Would how would you feel if they took a Jordan Love or a Justin Herbert and they said definitively this was the guy that we wanted all along? We believe that he is <laughs> the next Dan Marino. Like how would that make you feel? I, I just I can't wrap my head around it, but I just can't help but think that this is the Miami Dolphins and somehow something like that could happen. I could get on board with Jordan Love. I I, I could get on board with Love. Not at five, although I do think he's going to be a top 10 pick after he goes through the senior bowl and the combine and everything else. The dude's talent and raw skill set is just too much to ignore. And sitting behind a guy like Fitzpatrick for a year is an ideal situation for him. I'm not going to be able to get on board with Justin Herbert. I, I just can't. Yes, he looks like a quarterback, but there's just too much smoke around him and his personality and his behavior. And just things I've heard through the tea leaves over the past several weeks, I can't get on board with Herbert. If they say that they're not comfortable with Tua's medicals and they're picking Jordan Love, I will be all for it, I think. It's still going to be a really tough pill to swallow, but I could get on board with it. Justin Herbert, dude, Dolphins Twitter will break. It will be, it will be mayhem. It will be mayhem yeah, if they pass I, up on Tua regardless, right? Because listen, because if they pass up on Tua, right, let's say let's say they're on the clock and uh, the Chargers or the Jaguars or whoever wants to come up and select Tua at that spot. And the Dolphins trade. trade oh, my Dolphins God. Dolph, people will lose their minds until at least the pick is made, right? Because then if the pick is made and it's Jordan Love, Okay, people start calming down a little bit. But in that time between the time they trade down and the time to make that pick, and then what if they pick – what if they select a, a defensive lineman or offensive tackle? <laughs> then they don't pick a quarterback Dude, this... until, until later. It, it, oh, my God. We went, we went from being so hopeful, but, I mean, you can't help but look at the last 20 years and feel that, you know, something crazy could happen. And I completely agree with you, Justin Herbert. I mean – I've been kind of an advocate towards him. I think he has the skills, but I don't want him in Miami. You know, I, I do not want him to be the Miami Dolphins quarterback because to me, they need better than that. You know, you see what Ryan Tannehill's doing in, in Tennessee, and I'm probably going to get killed for saying this, but everyone sit here and, and hype him up. The guy handed the football off 34 times. You know, he threw for 75 yards. He's not yeah. that good. He's still yeah. exactly what he was. While he was in Miami, he needed a perfect offensive line. He needed all the weapons around him. He needed the number yep. one running back in the league. He's not that good. I don't want that if that is what Justin Herbert's ceiling is, or even a little bit more than that. I don't want that. Jordan Love, if they draft an elite player there at five, and then you know they trade up and get Jordan Love, I might be okay with it. But I just think now everything is – all the stars are aligning from the Miami Dolphins to get to a ton of that any other pick would just be – devastating this fan base and I hate that we went from being so positive to negative but you almost have to because we've seen it before with this team you know something bad happens and whenever you think good will happen you know we sat there and we were 0-7 and we thought okay they're <laughs> going to lose you know they're going to go 0-16 the fan base bitch and moan for how many weeks oh I want wins you want losses you know you're not a true fan and then when they finally got on board they started to win games and then we're like oh, okay now now we just won too many games to get to a, he gets his season ending hip injury Everything is just starting to line up that if the Dolphins pass on Tua, I, I, you're right. Twitter is going to be fun. It's going to be absolutely insane. The shit will probably lock up. We probably won't even be able to get on Twitter because everyone's just going to be imploding 
Las Vegas is probably be burned to the ground. Whatever might happen, <laughs> I just cannot see them passing on him. And if they do, I mean, I, th- there's no describing what Dolphins what Dolphins fans will do. <laughs> there's just not. It would actually be kind of fun to watch, but it will be hell on earth because I'll be in Vegas. I'm going to Vegas. I think how you're still trying to get there, right? You're not sure yet. Or are you going to come? I'm still I'm still trying like hell because I mean yeah th- this two a news you, it's kind of hard not to want to be there but but imagine a, you're at a big party in Vegas and you're on the clock and it just happens they pass on to a tongue of Iloa it's gonna be this has been a really stressful year as a fan it's almost been a year now it'll be about a year and a month from now when Brian Flores was hired as the head coach and all that talk about tanking came out. It's almost going to be one full year with just uncertainty, knowing they're trying to tank and knowing they're not trying to tank, but knowing they're rebooting the roster, right? And then it, it happens and you think you have the worst team in NFL history and then the, they start winning football games. And then you're stressing out about the Dolphins winning too many games and they ended up winning five games and they're picking fifth in the draft. And it's not even like they have every option on the table anymore. Yeah, then you're sitting there wondering if two is going to declare. Now he declares. Now you got <laughs> now you got to wait three three months and what three weeks to yeah. to see what's going to happen. It's absolutely yeah. insanity. You know, we didn't even hit free agency. There's so much surrounding this team. It really is the most important offseason in the entire franchise history. And as Dolphin fans, you just hope that you know they got the coach. They will hopefully get the quarterback, and things will look up. You know, we're going to be playing playoff games. Is is the hope? But as a Dolphins fan, you got to just sit back. Relax and enjoy the show because no one truly knows what Chris Greer is thinking, what Stephen Ross wants, you know, what Reggie McKenzie, Marvin Allen, any of those guys in that front office. No one truly knows what they're thinking. But by many accounts, you know, by some highly respected individuals, by yourself, you know, the guys at Three Hours Per Carry, you know, you name it. Everyone seems to believe the Dolphins love Tuatunga Vailoa. It would be absolutely heartbreaking if if they end up with anybody else at five, whether they trade up, whatever it might be, find a way to get your guy if you truly believe he is their franchise quarterback. And why should someone not think he is? Because as long as he checks out medically, as long as he's going to play football again, Tua Tagovailoa will be the best quarterback the Miami Dolphins have had since Dan Marino himself. I think that's a perfect way to end the show, Joshua. I think that's where we're going to end it there. Do you have any last thoughts on – you know, anything. I know you just kind of went on your soapbox there and kind of dropped the mic. <laughs> we went on but our, anything else we went you our soapbox add. off. We yeah. went on the soapbox this entire show. I mean, it's no, I, I'm just ready for free agency. I'm enjoy football because I don't know about you, but I absolutely loved watching those wild card games. Oh, these I mean, playoff games after, were absolutely I mean, fantastic. we didn't even touch about Buffalo losing. I know a no. lot of people were upset about the draft picks, but Forget yeah. Buffalo. No one cares about Buffalo. That is great that they have not won a playoff game since 1995. Great job, Bills Mafia. Keep jumping through tables because you're never going to win another playoff <laughs> game. And then the Patriots losing to Ryan Tannehill again. He handed the ball 34 times. It wasn't exactly yeah. because of him, but they got there because of him. And to see them go up in Foxborough, I don't think it's Tom Brady's last game. I'm sure we'll touch on that on another show. I don't think that he's going to go out you know, on that note. But to see the New England Patriots out of it, you know, it, it was just a great weekend of football. And I'm excited to see the rest of the playoff games because – whether you you know you lost a parlay by one game or you had X amount of money invested in this game, those were some fun football games, and I just think they're going to get better as it progresses. So enjoy football. Get ready because, again, this is going to be the most important offseason in Miami Dolphins franchise history. They got $120 million. They got 14 or 15 draft picks. It is going to be fun, and as long as they end up with Tua Tagovailoa, everyone will be happy. That's it. 
that's that's the tweet. That's the mic. That's that's the voice. That's what it is. Enjoy it. Yes, a fantastic weekend of football. Besides the Steel uh, Seahawks Eagles game, but even that was kind of close to the end there a little bit. Uh, but let's hope the divisional rounds are just as good as the wild card games were. And if if so, we're in for another great weekend of football. Just a few more weeks left, and then it's the Dolphins' time to shine. That's going to do it for us here on Finsider Radio. For Joshua House, I am Matt Kanata. Thank you for listening. We will talk to you next time. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins